Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Father God, I ask today that you bless the people that are involved with this programming, that we can do what, what it is in your heart to get this word out to people that you're good all the time and that things are always on us to help to promote what you do and how you help all. For this I pray to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today I have Sunset Native, Mr. Uh, Kurt Richard, as a guest here. He's with Business Development, uh, Director of Business Development for Raider Solutions, a great soldier for Christ, and welcome to the show, Kurt. Well, thank you for asking me to be on. So I know Kurt's a great Cajun Catholic already, but we want to hear his story, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, as you mentioned, I'm from Sunset. I was born and raised there. I've... uh, Really, almost uh, almost all my entire life stayed uh, somewhere near there. I uh, met a wonderful young lady in uh, 1982 that uh, that uh, ended up being my bride, Pauline Landry from Lafayette, and uh, we she's moved there and become uh, probably even more uh, of a part of the community than I ever was. Uh, so uh, I was really blessed with uh, with that grace of having her uh, with me for my adult life. I, uh, as I mentioned, being born there, <clears throat> mother and father uh, were, were good people, good Catholics, but for some reason uh, they couldn't get along together, so I'm part of a, a divorced uh, upbringing, and uh, there were some challenges there uh, with that, uh, but uh, we were able to work it out with uh, the, the local St. Ignatius School that uh, my mother was able to get us uh, through school there and everything, there were some very, very challenging uh, financial times at, at, at periods throughout. But uh, the sisters there were good about it and helped work, helped us work through that. And uh, so that was a big part of my upbringing. Uh, what uh, What ended up happening is after uh, you know finished at Saint Ignatius, went on to Sunset High School and uh, continued to go to church on a regular basis and. Continued my formation as far as uh, confirmation and such was was involved. Uh, along about that time, though, uh, things got kind of hairy at home. Uh, kind of a, I had some options that uh, in front of me that could have gone one way or the other, and I, even though I didn't have much supervision, I chose to uh, pretty much stay on the right track. Uh, but I ended up not going to church as regularly as I had. Uh, in my in my youth uh and to be honest it's been it was almost uh well i'm not going to count how many years but until 2006 that i really stayed away from the church uh, Mm -hmm. for various reasons so um around 2006 uh, i had a friend that had continued to uh as i said earlier stay in my a burr in my saddle trying to get me back to church and uh his name is Raymond Domang, and I tell you, he's a, he's a wonderful fisher of men. But uh, what ended up happening is his mother got sick and, and died in a very unfortunate situation. But while my wife and I went to uh, the, the funeral services, actually the wake uh, before that, uh, was listening to her story and uh, some of the wonderful things that she's done, that she had done uh, over her years, 
of helping people, of uh, putting 12 kids through school after her husband died when when uh, she was still pregnant for her last child. Uh, just the amazing stories of how she lent money to people that uh, worked with her so they could buy a car to get to work and things like that and uh, had a gift for them every Christmas for every one of the people that worked under her. And I just, it was touching to us and it inspired my wife and I. We actually had a conversation on the way home uh, about all she had done and, and the good deeds she had done and, and the rosary she prayed every day. So it uh, inspired us to, to look back into getting back into the church. So we did so, and uh, I had an opportunity to attend Curcio in uh, around 2006, uh, seven, somewhere along that line. I think it was Curcio 414. And uh, I'll tell you, it was an amazing few months for me because when I first attended Mass after being away for so long and walking into the church and being part of the Mass, it was like it was a whole new revelation. I was understanding what the priest was saying better. I understood all the, the ritual aspects of what we go through when we're at Mass and, and why it's there. It just, I guess, along with maturity, those things uh, just meant so much more to me. And it was such a pure uh, love and joy for that uh, while we were at the Mass. And then when I had the opportunity to go to Curcio, well, that just uh, it just compounded it because you learn so much when you're at Curcio about your faith and about why it is we do the things we do, about uh, losing the, 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 the gradu, as I call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, you make your confession at some point, and, and it's like, wow, man, this is just, uh, I'm leaving all this behind, you know? Uh, I was often judgmental of others, but I was especially judgmental of myself. I was thinking I didn't deserve anything good, but uh, that helped me to realize that, no, that wasn't the case at all. So after that, uh, and walking on the cloud that you, you <laughs> own from Big Chris Seal, yeah. oh yeah, then uh, I, I started to understand and, and look back and reflect on my life and how even though I had walked away <laughs> from God somewhat, that I was always in his graces. I, I look back at those incidences when I had chances to, to make the turn the wrong way. And I chose not to, and it, it, I realized he was there the whole time. And uh, when I met my wife, uh, that's a long story, but I, I can tell you that the day that I met, uh, that not say met my wife, but the first time we actually had a conversation, uh, neither one of us was interested at all in dating each other. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we pretty much decided we didn't want to have anything to do with each other, but she was a, a nice where, person. Where did y'all meet? She worked at Albertsons. Okay. And I worked with uh, some, I mean, I played softball with some of her co-workers there. And uh, I always tell people, if it hadn't been for softball, we'd have never met. But uh, You and I must have run across each other in softball, I'm sure, because I played a lot of softball. I I played way too much. uh, (laughs) But over over time, we uh, we ended up having this opportunity to talk to each other one night, and and it was a a lengthy conversation that went from about midnight to 3 o'clock in the morning. She was just giving me a ride home from a party because my ride had left early. So what ends up happening is uh, we're, we're having this conversation and we're talking about life goals and raising kids and 
some of the uh, character things that we discussed, you know, what, what our peeves were and what we like to see done instead and all these issues. And uh, so about 3 o'clock in the morning, I, I said, well, listen, I have to I have to go to work in the morning. I knew she did, too, even earlier than I did. So uh, I got out of the car uh, that she had given me the ride with, in, and uh, I, I looked back uh, as I got out the car and walked up to my door. I put the key in the door, and I looked back at, at her, and I said, I'm going to marry that lady. I love that. And we hadn't even had a date. I mean, we it was nothing further from our minds than that. But for some reason, God touched me in that moment. I looked back, and I, I said this at that time. And what's amazing is the party we left from, the person that I was supposed to be meeting that night uh, to, to maybe date or whatever, right. uh, we ended up not working out. Okay, so Pauline brings me home, and then uh, the next morning, the friend that I was supposed to be with, uh, the co- she was friends of both of ours, she walks up to Pauline and says, Pauline, did you see the, the newspaper? The person that I spoke to last night uh, while, while we were at the party wanted for you and I to get together and go to lunch with he and his friend. And she said, look, he's on the front page of the newspaper. They had been gone around the state raping and killing women. Oh, my God. And they had scheduled a date with my wife currently and the friend from the party. Wow. But God placed his hand on that and said, you know, we can't. He just said this is not going to happen, you know. So then later on, my wife and I start dating, and we just have never seen anyone other since. And it's just, uh, oh, God, you know, thank you. Is all I can say, because she's been a true blessing to me. If she followed you around at those softball games, I know she was in love, because that's what my wife looks back and goes, I must have been crazy to have been sitting in those stands at 95 degrees watching you play softball. You know, you, <laughs> <laughs> you never realize that until much later. But, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if it, the times had been, if things had been reversed, if I would have been so dedicated to her, but right. uh, she definitely was. But I got to be honest, she was a good player herself. That's awesome. And when we played co-ed ball, she actually pitched, which is very unusual. That is. She pitched on the co-ed team, and she was tough. She was a tough nut boy. She got hit with balls and things, and she just kept on going. So, Let me ask you this question, Kurt. You know, when I made Chrissia, same thing. I mean, you know, I knew my life would never be the same. Similarly, story, when I met my uh, wife, uh, we met on the beach in Pensacola, and I turned to my friend within five minutes of meeting her and said, I'm going to marry that girl at the age of 16. So it doesn't happen very often, I don't think, but uh, that's something we definitely both share. But, um, you know, for me, I think it was sort of a connection back to an earlier time in my life, maybe when I was younger, uh, where I recognized God again, where Christ was in my life. And I was away for, for, for quite a while as well through college and whatnot. But, you know, what is your best, best memory of, of, of Christ touching you when you were younger? Was it maybe a grandparent or, or your parents, somebody that maybe, you know, uh, some connection that connected you back? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you know, my, 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 parent, my parents, as well, I should say my father and my, my grandmother on uh, his mother, were both very big volunteers at church. Mm-hmm. They would cook for functions and all for, for fundraisers for the church and everything. And I remember that my grandmother was always 
reminding me that it's important to go back, to go to confession, that it's important to make the masses and all. And, you know, the, the impact that, that it had on me was when I looked back years later and realized how much I probably disappointed her by moving away from the church, I also now understand that she's watching me now, and she saw when I went back, and, and I've already expressed my uh, ask or my, my, my request for forgiveness from her for treating her the way I did by not uh, following through as I did because she was a tremendous example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I'm back. So, you know, I know she's watching that as well. Absolutely. And was she from Sunset as well? Oh, yeah. We were all all from that area. So tell me, you know, the inspiration for this show was just because I just think there's so many special people in in, in Acadiana and and, and that mix of, I call it a mix of um, culture and and spirituality a cajun catholic but what what comes to mind golly your family seems like the ultimate cajun catholics but you know what 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 comes to mind when you hear that term cajun catholics well you know our culture is so rich already in in uh should i say loyalty should us you know it, it's kind of a our families stay together we're we're always uh, a part of each other's lives uh we help each other so much as in every way, shape, and fashion. Uh, and I can say their volunteerism has really stuck with me because my wife and I are both very strong volunteers at our church, St. Charles Borromeo. Uh, it's helped me as I've mentored young people. Uh, those things stick out because I just think we stick together so much more on every level. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I go to Carmelite Monasteries for Saturday Mass uh, every month, uh, I meet people from all over, and and there are priests from all over the world that have said mass there on on these Saturday mornings, and uh, to hear their stories and to understand that what we do here is so se- separated from what they're going through in a lot of areas, uh, so much different, so much pure mm-hmm. uh, that it, it really impacts me a lot you know yeah anyone that comes in from out of town there's just always they say man there's something special about about this place you know what is it i can't really people can't put their finger on it and i think that people just it's it's the people of acadiana that are so special but to me you peel back that layer and and the thing that is so special is their spirituality mm-hmm. it's their connection it's the acadians and that way back connection of persecution and, and that relationship with christ you know others have come on the show here and talked about how we really parallel with the is the the people of israel and you know how we've kind of wandered into the and wanted the promised land and the acadians kind of found it here in south louisiana Correct. You know? it's, Correct. it's it's super special you know so uh so okay, tell me a little bit more about you know your story. I, I'm I'm loving it. Um, you know, um, since Curcio, you know, I know you're involved in a lot of different things in that church and whatnot. But um, what what what's going on there? What what's been going on since Curcio? Well, I've also taken part in and become uh, very active with the Acts uh, program as well, the Ministry of Acts, uh, which stands for Adoration, uh, Community Theology, and Service. And it's uh, it's based on the uh, Curcio format, uh, but it's also very different. And uh, I made my acts through Holy Cross Church uh, in 2014, and I can tell you the fellowship that we've developed from that has been a, a special uh, special thing to, to to be part of. Uh, as an example, uh, once one of our acts brothers' son died, their only son, uh, for he and his wife. 
there were 80 men that sang at Holy Cross Church for his funeral mass that day. And we were all ex-participants. And uh, I can tell you the Holy Spirit has never been so strong uh, as far as what I felt uh, in being part of that that day, you know. It's so powerful. You know, oh, yes. uh, at my at my mother's funeral, a lot of the Kersiestas came around and sang around the casket, you know, and that's something I'll never forget. You know, it's so special anytime you, you see that. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Today's guest is Mr. Kurt Richard from Sunset, and um, he's uh, in charge of business development at uh, Raider Solutions and, and very involved in the church in Sunset at St. Charles Borromeo. And... Um, just again, man, just a great, a great guy, uh, fun to talk to and always encouraging. And we have a lot of mutual friends, but I, I, one thing to tell our, our listeners, you know, out there, how would, you know, do you just show up at the Carmelites? I had people that were very devoted to that, but tell us a little more about first Saturday and how someone could get involved. Yeah. Okay. So first Saturday mass at the Carmelite monastery occurs, as I said, every first Saturday, uh, they actually start with, uh, uh, with adoration, they they expose the blessed sacrament at somewhere around five o'clock. Uh, I'm never there that early, but uh, I usually am there by about five thirty. So that's a.m. guys. That's a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but uh, to be honest, the mass doesn't start till six thirty. So, but if you want to be a, a part of the adoration time, you can certainly show up early and be part of that. At six o'clock, we start a rosary. That is uh, a beautiful. Uh, a beautiful act with all these men there. Uh, there are women there also, but uh, so we do the do we say the rosary? Voris Labe is uh, I'm sorry, Voris Short is our uh, good man. The, the man. Oh, he's an amazing fellow, <laughs> and uh, so he he conducts the rosary or leads the rosary for us. And then after the mass, and we always have again visiting priests. So we have had priests from Iraq, from Africa, from Ireland, from. All points in the USA uh, that have come in. A lot of the young priests that are ordained here in uh, in the diocese end up coming in uh, within the first year of their uh, their vocation. So it it uh, it helps us to meet them and to get to know them. And then we go into a breakfast after that, where it's hosted by the sisters, and uh, they uh, they have self baked goods. For many many years, the, the the baked goods were baked by a sister there who is actually blind mm. and uh she is she, it's just a blessing to be part of that i mean it's just to think of what she's going through to do this for us you know we have over 100 men at this breakfast and we of course make some love offerings but then there's a work day usually on on the saturday the first saturday of, of each month and uh, whoever's capable and would and interested can go and, and work and then they provide a big lunch for them uh at some point during that time so uh Everybody's invited. It's it's a special place, and the sisters there, uh, all they do is pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's their, uh, that's the, what they do as they're part of their uh, order is mm-hmm. is just to pray for the community, and and uh, they are a very very special army of ladies that uh, that do this for us on on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I went. I know I went one time and I was listening to them sing and I, I thought it was a recording. I really, I had no clue. Somebody told me afterwards, like, no, that's like them. That's mm-hmm. that you can't see them, but they're singing. They're like angels. Well, and that, that's exactly what I use. Yeah. It sounds like angels that are singing because they're not exposed. To, they're a cloistered artist, so they're not exposed to us directly in the, in the church uh, main body. 
So uh, it sounds like angels just from heaven that are singing it. And it uh, as a matter of fact, one of the most special parts of that that I've heard was there were two young uh, sisters that had just joined the order that were Vietnamese. Mm. And uh, as part of the mass, they sang uh, an entire song, just the two of them in their angelic uh, voices, all in Vietnamese. Oh, wow. And it was just, it was, you know, That's it was not, not like experiencing tongues or anything like that, but the beauty of their voices and the melody was just fantastic. You don't get that every oh, no. day. No, for no. sure, you know. That's amazing. So how about um, being from Sunset, Grand Couture area, you know, you hear a lot about Our Lady of the Oaks. Is that something that you're devoted to as far as retreats go? Is yeah, that's an area where I've been a little remiss. I've, yeah. I've only made about six retreats at Our Lady of the Oaks. That's but, a lot. Uh, well, you know, they, they, they have one every year for, for us, uh, for, uh-huh. for each uh, community, you know, that that's kind of a regular weekend for, for mm-hmm. all these communities in the area. And uh, uh, there have been many times, of course, a lot of times that was uh, around uh, baseball district tournaments and things like that for youth baseball where I was involved. But I have no more excuses now, though. <laughs> I just, uh, just haven't made it a regular stop, you know. I tell my friends and, you know, my family, you do the best. You got to just do the best you can. You know, I mean, God doesn't expect anything more than that. We can always do better, but you just got to do the best you can and not beat yourself up over it. You know, um, I wish I could do karma lights all the time. I've gone sometimes and um, you just do the best you can. That's all you can do, you know. Um, So one thing that a mutual friend of ours, John Williams, told me was, he used to be uh, used to be his baseball coach. I was, and he said you were a hard guy, you know, back then. He said, and he said, you know, people were maybe scared a little bit, you know. And uh, he said that something happened to you, you know, spiritually speaking, because he says the guy you are today is not the guy I knew when you used to coach. And so, you know, is it? Are you able to recognize that change in you, and can you describe it? Yes. Uh, I did recognize that change, and I, and it has a lot to do with going back to church and a lot to do with Curcio because that's about the time that the change actually occurred. Uh, I uh, I was an intense fellow. Uh, uh, to be frank with you, I, I, I was very independent growing up because I made a lot of decisions as a 9, 10, 11-year-old that you shouldn't have to make at those ages uh, that uh, carried me on for, for most of my life. Uh, course i realized later on that without god's guidance i wouldn't have gotten there but at the time i didn't realize it at all but then i when i attended curcio and i realized that uh there was a whole lot more out there that uh, that i could be intense about without having to be uh so competitive and so stressful all the time even in my work or whatever else uh so it, it did it it calmed me it 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 brought a, a, a sort of calmness across that uh, helped me to, to change in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I can remember being uh, sarcastic oftentimes. I can remember allowing my wit to be uh, cutting instead of kind and, and all. And uh, around those times, I also realized that by saying something nice to someone instead of just trying to uh, make a funny thing out of it all the time that uh, it actually lifted them up some. So those are the things that I've uh, uh, been more uh, cognitive about and, and realized that uh, this is a way to help people instead of maybe giving them a stinger and hurting them some. Mm-hmm. 
it's amazing how you know people see Christ in you. I see Christ. I'm looking at you. I see Christ in you. No, no question about it. And uh, you know that's that's uh, what you want. And um, it just kind of happens over time. The Holy Spirit makes that conversion in your heart. I know I certainly went through it. You said something that really triggered with me. You said the word competitive, and I, I, that that's me. You know, I mean, is it? And I struggle with this, and I would ask you this question. Can you be competitive and still be spiritual? And, and, and I ask that question not only for yourself but your children as they raise their kids. And we, we live in this crazy competitive, you know how it is, select mm-hmm. baseball and soccer. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're out there, you know, it's the end of the world out there on the field. And then at the same time trying to be good Catholics. But how do you balance those? Yeah, well, you know, no one has a magic pen for that. But uh, – I think uh, looking back, even when I was playing softball on a highly competitive basis, I I always had friends there that uh, even though we were competitive on the field, it never got ugly. We never got to a point where we wanted to fight each other. I'm not Mm going to say never. I mean, it it so seldom happened until it wasn't even Mm -hmm. much of a percentage. But uh, afterwards, we would always get around and talk and, 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 and have a good time talking to each other about our experiences or uh, our families and such like that. So, th- you know, I guess the best way to put it is that uh, when you when you let things overtake you that that are of this world, that are of you know this this competition, you you learn that that's not what's going to change your life one way, shape, or fashion. I can talk to people today about some of the exploits I had when I was playing softball back in the day, but. Uh, yeah, they remember seeing me on the field, but I can tell you that a lot more people remember me better now over what I have done for my church, mm-hmm. over the, the volunteerism that we've experienced uh, working with uh, John Williams. Um, uh, by the way, I'm his Santa Claus every year for, <laughs> for his event in Sunset. Um, and uh, and to see the changes and the, the way that people have conducted their lives, uh, I'll tell you what else, uh, to be frank, uh, I don't think I'd be where I'm at if I hadn't uh, started to adopt or mentor a young man about 10 years ago that uh, reminded me so much of myself. He was a, a, he's a young black football player at Boshan High School where, where I did a lot of announcing for them over the years. And uh, he had a very, uh, he was struggling with his family situation. And uh, he asked me for a ride home one day and I brought him home from football practice, and we end up becoming very, very close to a point where he calls me Pop now. Wow. That uh, he's raising uh, his two children. He's, been, he's gotten married now, her two children, and two of their nieces. And he's doing this all when he had the opportunity to go as as bad as it could have been. He could have done all these terrible things, but every time I think of him, and every time we talk to each other, it reminds me of the responsibility I have of leading him to a life of Christ. That what he's done and what he's accomplished through these prayers that, that I've prayed over him and for him, have it, it's brought so much into my life. You know, So me giving gives back to me in a way that I can't even put my finger on. Mm-hmm. So. My father always said, you got to give to get. You know, you got to give to get. And such a ripple effect, you know. I'm, 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 I wasn't a mathematician, but that's six children he's raising uh, that Kurt talked about and, and mm-hmm. just the impact that you've made on their lives. You know, you think you're helping one person and then there's six more. 
and you got to count yourself too. Well, <laughs> and and Miss P, I got to tell you, my wife Pauline, she is just amazing. She never lets me forget a thing as far as what we can do to help others, and uh, maybe one day I can tell you more about that. Well, thank you for being on the show. We we ran out of thirty minutes real quick. Um, it's just been a blessing, Mr. Kurt Richard. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Tom. We feature Thanks. outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. We'd ask you next time, engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics. God bless.